Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain TXP and today is the 27th of June 2023 and not much has happened so far as the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is concerned. But the price of Bitcoin has marginally gone down because yesterday it was on the verge of crossing the $31,000 mark. But nonetheless, the prices for Bitcoin right now is $30,262 and we'll go ahead and give out the reasoning as to if the price will actually go down when the Bitcoin leverage ETF will be going on live later on today. And guys, there's this massive news regarding Lightning Network. And there's this new narrative slowly building up, guys. Lightning Network, not blockchain. And look, guys, if you know what Bitcoin is, you will truly understand what Bitcoin is not. And then you'll try to identify, do we actually require Ethereum or the smart contracting platform? So in today's episode, we'll very briefly look at Lightning Network, not blockchain. And if that narrative will be ideal going forward. And guys, we have some update regarding HSBC in Hong Kong and they are allowing trading for Bitcoin and Ethereum ETF as well. So definitely positive news. And guys, what happens is every Mondays, Glassnodes, they tend to provide a technical insights or technical analysis on what has happened in the previous week. So we'll very briefly touch base on that. Now the reason why I don't want to get into details, because to be honest guys, there are a lot of technical details and it does require charts and graphs as well. So to do it in an audio format, Will not make much sense but listen guys if you're someone into charts and graphs i would definitely recommend you to go ahead and look at that report because they do have quite a lot of useful information and the report this time also looks at sentiment analysis between us and asia so definitely interesting report and finally guys we also have some update regarding switzerland and they're getting into central bank digital currency but what is really critical is they are claiming that cbdc's are real money so we'll definitely go ahead and talk about it and look how Switzerland historically has been definite advocates for Bitcoin and blockchain technology as well. And them getting into the central bank digital currency space is definitely, definitely a massive deal. And later on guys, when we discuss two news regarding Dubai, UAE and the Middle East, the first news is actually an event that I'm conducting called a central bank digital currency. And in that session guys, I'm going to be discussing the basics, the threats to freedom and its role in the metaverse. And the session takes place on the 27th of July and it's completely free of cost. And the second news guys as part of my Crypto and Coffee 88 UAE news is regarding Abu Dhabi's Adnoc group. And the second news guys is regarding a joint venture called as AIQ. And the joint venture is between Abu Dhabi's Adnoc group and artificial intelligence firm G42. So definitely positive news. So quite a lot to cover guys in today's episode. So let's kick start with it right away. Welcome to the Crypto and Coffee at 8, the daily podcast that keeps you up to date on all latest developments in the world of cryptocurrencies, blockchain and NFTs. Join us Monday to Friday as you kick off your day with a cup of coffee and a deep dive into the exciting and rapidly evolving world of digital assets. We'll cover the latest news and trends in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space as well as delve into the growing world of NFTs or non-fungible tokens and metaverse. Plus, we'll keep you updated on the latest developments from Dubai, UAE and the wider Middle East region. Whether you're a seasoned crypto enthusiast or just getting started, Crypto and Coffee at 8 has something for you. Our expert host will provide insight and analysis on the most important topics in the industry and help you stay up to date on the latest developments. We'll bring you interviews with leading figures in the crypto and blockchain space and explore the ways in which these technologies are changing the world around us. From the impact on traditional financial systems to the potential for revolutionizing industries 
and transforming societies. We'll cover it all on Crypto and Coffee at 8. So tune in and join us for a daily dose of Crypto and Coffee at 8. And let's stay ahead of the curve together. We'll start your day off right with the most important news and insights from the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain and the metaverse and help you navigate this exciting and rapidly evolving landscape. In Crypto and Coffee at 8, the daily podcast covers the latest developments in the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain and the metaverse. We'll also bring you updates on the latest news from Dubai, UAE and wider Middle East region. This also includes a range of topics such as developments in the local and blockchain industry including new projects and initiatives, regulatory updates and policies related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region, local and regional events and conferences focused on crypto and blockchain, interviews with leading figures in Dubai, UAE and the least crypto and blockchain community, coverage of any significant news or events related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region. By covering these local and regional developments, in addition to the wider world of cryptocurrency and blockchain, Crypto & Coffee at 8 aims to provide a comprehensive overview of the industry and its impact on the Dubai, UAE and Middle East region. Now before we kick start today's episode, I have an important message, so check this out. Shalu Group, a luxury retail and distributor which is headquartered in Dubai, are getting into the NFT game. And here's the deal guys, they are not just getting into the NFT and metaverse space, they are going to be shaping the NFT metaverse and Web 3.0 space which I believe is excellent not just for Dubai and UAE but also for the global cryptocurrency community as well. And guys, Charlotte Group's Web 3.0 sneaker brand called Soulmates revealed their first NFT collection on the 12th of April. Now what is really interesting is that it's called as Soulmates so it's spelled as S for Sugar, O for Orange, L for Larry. Now instead of E, they have replaced it with Web 3 and it is the number 3 mates.xyz and guys listen Charlu group has over half a century's worth of experience in luxury goods and then getting into the nft space is a massive deal now if you're a sneakerhead you definitely need to check out soulmates.xyz and once again guys the number is three instead of an e it has all the information and in the show notes below you'll get all the information and listen guys if you want to be an early adopter, you can also pre-mint it at www.premint.xyz forward slash soulmates. So definitely check it out. And they have a Discord community as well. And Gas Nick, who is the head of corporate innovation at Charlotte Group and also the co-founder of Soulmates, has a WhatsApp group where he constantly provides updates in the area of NFTs, Metaverse and Web 3.0. So guys, check out soulmates.xyz and be part of the Soulmates OG NFT that is definitely going to shape the industry. Next, Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location, global free tech events and tech networks to connect with global like-minded engineers. A brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in Metaverse and to grab their insights. Now listen, all you have to do is download the app Startup OI. If you're using an Android version, go to Google Store and App Store for iOS devices. Alternatively, you can also click on the show notes below to download Startup OI. Next, guys, listen, if you're into fitness, if you're into adventure, if you want to do something well but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called The Race Pace Podcast. So check out The Race Pace Podcast across all leading platforms. And The Race Pace Podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from Sandstorm to Spartan Race, from Tough Mudder to Desert Warrior Challenge and also the Government Gulf Games and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes, 
locally and internationally to get inside scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs. And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen, guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing. Go to Spotify. Go to iTunes. Go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast. And finally, guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France. And Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. In today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now, guys, since you've taken care of that, let's kick start by looking at the global cryptocurrency market. Now, as of today, guys, the global cryptocurrency market is at $1.17 trillion. To be honest, it has marginally gone down by 0.95%. Now, what I'm really curious to check, when the Bitcoin leverage ETF goes live, what kind of an impact will have on the price of Bitcoin and global cryptocurrency market. Now, historically, guys, whenever there is a massive event, the prices usually tend to fall down. And few days before, like it has happened this time, the prices of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies tend to pump up. So it's going to be really interesting to see as and when the Bitcoin leverage ETF goes live, what kind of an impact will it have on the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Now, the total cryptocurrency market volume of the last 24 hours is down to $37.96 billion. And since the last 24 hours, it has marginally picked up pace at 17.76%. And mind you guys, yesterday when I did my Crypto and Coffee Day podcast, the data that I took was from Sunday, which is a weekend in most part of the Western countries. And that is one of the reasons why the volume was ridiculously low, despite the prices being temporarily pumped up. The volume in DeFi is currently at $2.93 billion, and DeFi is accounting for 7.72% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. And if you look at the total value log cars, it is still ridiculously low, well below the $50 billion market, $44.38 billion. And surprisingly, the 24-hour trading volume is not looking that good either. It is only at $2.84 billion. And so far as the total value log is concerned, Lido is still dominating with 13.38%. Now let's quickly look at the 24-hour volume. And Uniswap is clearly an outlier. And its 24-hour volume is 886 $1.17 million followed by PancakeSwap at $244.35 million. Balancer is number third at $192.56 million. Core Finance at number fourth, guys, at $116.5 million. In Dodo Finance at $80.66 million. And yesterday, guys, I did ask some of my listeners to go ahead and mention the user experience, and some of them did actually drop me an email stating that the user experience is not meant for someone who's newly gotten into the space and this to be honest guys is a massive challenge and how are we going to solve it because when you talk about distributed nature when you talk about decentralized finance 
there is no central entity. So when you talk about customer service, unfortunately, it's the global community that gets to decide. And to be honest, that'll take a lot of time. That's not to say that the user experience cannot be solved, but it'll take months, if not years, in order to go ahead and implement any changes that would actually make user experience much better. This, unfortunately, is one of the drawbacks, or you can also call strength of a distributed or decentralized autonomous organization. Now, guys, let's look at the volume of stable coins. It is now at $34.98 billion, and stable coin cars is accounting for 92.15% of the total cryptocurrency market volume. And out of this $34.98 billion, Tether USDT is accounting for $25.79 billion, followed by Circle USDC at $3.74 billion, and Binance BUSD Cars is at $2.79 billion. And guys, I was just looking at the market cap of Binance BUSD. It used to be number 6th or number 7th. Yesterday, it was number 19th. But today, guys, Binance BUSD's market cap has gone down to number 20th, so far as coin market cap is concerned. And I wouldn't be surprised if the market cap of Binance BUSD goes well below the $4 billion mark in just a matter of few days. So definitely, definitely not ideal. Next, guys, let me very quickly run through the market cap, 24-hour trading volume and dominance between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Because the market cap of Bitcoin is $584 billion, whereas Ethereum is $222 billion. The 24-hour trading volume of Bitcoin and Ethereum is relatively the same. Bitcoin is at $14.3 billion whereas Ethereum gas is at $7.6 billion. But what is surprising is the dominance of Bitcoin. It has crossed a 50% mark. As a matter of fact, it is at 50.04% and Ethereum gas is at 19.02%. Now in today's episode, guys, let me very briefly run through the market cap of Web3 protocols. And I'm also going to be looking at the market cap of file storage protocols. And mind you guys, these are protocols that are connected to blockchain and blockchain technology, guys still needs to consider the blockchain trilemma problem. Now, so far as Web3 is concerned, guys, Chainlink is leading the pack. And if you look at its market cap, it is at $3.28 billion. And Chainlink, guys, its market cap is definitely better than Monero as well. The second one is Filecoin at $1.72 billion. And finally, Stacks Protocol, which works on Bitcoin blockchain, and its market cap is $1.03 billion. Now, if you look at file storage, guys, Filecoin is leading the pack. And its market cap is $1.72 billion, followed by BitTorrent, which is at $454 million. Now, mind you guys, BitTorrent, the protocol, is managed by Tron, and Tron essentially is managed by Justin Sun. And the third one is Aviv, and its market cap is $358 million. Now, in today's episode, guys, I'm going to be looking at Balancer because they have been quite active, particularly in the DeFi space. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to give out very basic level information on what Balancer protocol is. And Balancer's ticker symbol cost is BAL and the price right now is $4.07 and if you look at its market cap, it is ridiculously low at only at $196.32 million. So let me very briefly run through what Balancer protocol is. And guys, if you do want to find out all the information regarding Balancer, the website is balancer.fi. The FI essentially stands for finance. Now Balancer guys, the Balancer guys is a decentralized automated market maker also called as AMM protocol, built on Ethereum that represents a flexible block for producing liquidity. And by providing AMM curve logic and math from the core swapping functionality, guys, Balancer becomes an extensive AMM or automated market maker that can incorporate any number of swap curves and pool types. This includes traditional 50-50 weighted pools or custom weighted pools like 80-20 for controlled exposure, stable swap curves, 
nested pools like boosted pools, pools with changing weights, etc. and etc. The one thing to remember guys, balancer is an incredibly useful tool for a diverse set of actors in the DeFi space and swappers can swap between any ERC20 token and this can be done guys through balancer decentralized app or aggregators like 1inch, Matcha or Paraswap as well and liquidity providers can add liquidity pools to earn swap fees, liquidity incentives and other forms of yield as well and passive liquidity providers can utilize boosted pools to own on top of the already compounding our tokens and arbitrageurs can swap against pools using like Batswap and Flash loans as well and Baltoc holders guys can lock their tokens into VBAL and participate in governance of evolving the balancer protocols. Now if you're someone who's getting into the DeFi space guys or definitely want to learn more information about decentralized finance I would definitely recommend to go ahead and check the website that is balancer.fi if you look at this 24 hour volume guys it is at 3.5 million dollars and if you look at the number of fees that they have earned it is 29.91 million dollars and if you do have any questions drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com now guys let's look at the king of all kings that is bitcoin because the price of bitcoin is 30,276 dollars and since the last 24 hours though it is marginally gone down by 0.82 percent and since the last seven days it is up by 13.20 percent Ethereum is also marginally gone down by 2.29% and it is currently at $1,855. And since the last 7 days, guys, it is up by 7.60%. Binance BNB coin is at $236. And since the last 24 hours, it is down by 1.02%. And since the last 7 days, it is down by 2.55%. And guys, while I was preparing for this podcast, I did go to some news regarding Binance BNB in France and few days ago in my Crypto and Coffee Date podcast. I did talk about Binance US in France and they were in some trouble for money laundering and quite a lot of other things as well. But the other news that I was looking at right now is that Binance is actually going to apply for licensing in France. So what I'm going to be doing is tomorrow, I'll definitely cover some news regarding Binance and what is it that is going on in France. Now guys, the massive news that is going on in the Bitcoin world particularly is regarding Lightning Network and look as this narrative of Lightning Network not blockchain is slowly but gradually picking up pace not just in the Bitcoin world but also among the cryptocurrency world as well and what happened is that on the 24th of June the Lightning Network attained an apex in capacity and they actually reached a new milestone of 5630 Bitcoin and this figure guys surpasses the previous peak of 5620 Bitcoin recorded and as we speak right now guys, the network's US dollar capacity has also reached an all-time high topping $172 million which essentially means guys that people are transferring $172 million worth of Bitcoin in protocols such as Lightning Network and this might be happening 24 hours a day, probably even minute by minute. The news BTC guys has reported that Lightning Network's capacity has grown significantly increasing 42% in Bitcoin and 105% in US dollar terms over the last 12 months. So this guys is definitely brilliant stuff. Now listen guys, if you're a Bitcoin maximalist, you'll definitely like this news. And guys, is this a testament to the ongoing acceptance and utilization of Lightning Network in the cryptocurrency world? And I often think guys that Bitcoin is the only thing that the world needs. And David Marcus, the CEO of enterprise-grade Lightning Network called LightSpark, he also emphasized the importance of expanding the network's infrastructure and capacity and what he actually emphasized is the need to expand the network's infrastructure and capacity 
and this expansion cost will allow for larger payments to be successfully processed in Lightning Network, making it easier for enterprises to access a real-time, low-cost settlement network for the internet and David Marcus guys highlighted the importance of increased exchange within the network to improve Bitcoin mobility and enhance Lightning Network on and off ramps and the growing success of Lightning Network in handling Bitcoin and US dollar capacity does actually show the increased demand for fast, affordable and scalable Bitcoin transactions and guys listen as more businesses and developers recognize the network's potential, this demand is expected to grow continually and look guys, once you truly understand what Lightning Network is, I really don't understand why you would want to use any other protocol and if you ask the Bitcoin maximalist, they strongly feel that there's pretty much no use case of Ethereum or any other smart contracting platform. And guys, listen, if you actually look at the number of people actually using smart contracts, the number is ridiculously low. Granted, there's DeFi protocols and there's NFT, but the trend has definitely died down. So I definitely do feel Lightning Network, not Blockchain, is a narrative that definitely needs to build up. And what I plan to do is, guys, I definitely want to have a series called this Lightning Network, not Blockchain. And I'll try to interview some of the OGs, probably six to eight interviews, to give a basic level, advanced level, and technical level explanation on what Lightning Network is. Now, guys, let's discuss some news regarding Hong Kong. And the massive news that is circulating right now is that Hong Kong is actively getting involved in crypto trading. And Coin Telegraph has reported that three crypto ETFs listed on Stock Exchange of Hong Kong are now reportedly available for trading at Hong Kong's largest bank, that is HSBC. And HSBC cars will specifically offer cryptocurrency ETFs listed on the stock exchange of Hong Kong. And at the time of the report, guys, the exchange listed three crypto ETFs, including CSOP Bitcoin Futures ETF, CSOP Ethereum Future ETF, and Samsung Bitcoin Future Active ETF. So definitely positive news. And look, guys, it's news such as this that definitely drives mainstream adoption of cryptocurrency world. Now guys, let's discuss some technical news. I won't go into detail guys, because in order for me to go into detail, I need to look at the graphs and it's much better to probably watch a video explanation for it. In glass notes guys, what they tend to do is, they tend to provide a weekly insight every Mondays. And what I'd really recommend you to do is guys, they also have a paid subscription as well. So if you have a need or a tech geek, definitely go through the paid subscriptions. But what is different about this time's glass notes weekly insight is that they try to measure the available supply and assess how the demand impacted valuations in past cycle. And the report guys also looks at sentiment analysis between USA and Asia as well. So definitely read through it. Now I'll very briefly run through what that report is. Cause in that report, we have an analysis of fund flow attributed to top exchanges in the US and Asia. And it was discovered that there is a notable pattern of strong accumulation during Asia trading hours. This essentially means guys that there is a significant increase in the amount of funds being invested in cryptocurrencies during that period of time. On the other hand guys, the report states that the demand in US markets have shown relatively weaker activity in 2023. Now to better understand the dynamics of this market, what they did was they created a framework and that framework introduced the concept of hot supply and this concept guys focuses on the volume of coins that are actively involved in determining the price and by isolating this volume. The researchers were able to identify periods of increased demand, also called as expansion, or periods of decreased demand, also called as contraction. And the analysis guys also considered the behavior of short-term holders in 2023. And these are individuals or entities that have recently purchased cryptocurrencies and are likely to sell them in the near future. Now, mind you guys, in that report, 
because report that market psychology has shifted from a bearish environment in 2022 to a more positive outlook in 2023. And this, to be honest, guys, is indicated by a recent rally in prices, which started from the level at which the short-term holders originally bought their coins and the price level at which they entered the market acted as a support, contributing to upward momentum in prices. Now, if you read through the report, guys, overall, these findings provide valuable insights into the market of dynamics and investor sentiment in 2023, highlighting the accumulation pattern during Asia trading hours and the changing market psychology from bearish to more optimistic. Now listen guys, if you're someone who's a nerd and a tech and definitely likes to look at charts and graphs, I would definitely recommend you to go through that report. Maybe you'll subscribe to the paid subscription as well. Now guys, let's talk about some news regarding Switzerland because they are definitely getting into central bank digital currency and the Swiss National Bank Chairman Todd Jordan did actually announce on Monday that the institution will soon issue a central bank digital currency for wholesale payments on country's six digital exchanges. Remind you guys, there are three different types of CBDCs. One is retail CBDC, there is wholesale CBDC, and then you have the multiple central bank digital currency. And Reuters has reported that the experimental Swiss CBDC is designed for more use by financial institutions and will be part of a pilot program. And he also said that it will be part of the Point Zero Forum, which is scheduled to take place in Zurich, Switzerland. Now guys, listen, it's really important to note that he actually said that this is not just an experiment, but it will be real money equivalent to bank reserves and the objective, guys, is to test real transactions with market participants. So definitely powerful stuff. And guys, what I'm going to be doing next is, I'm going to be talking two news from the UAE and the Middle East. But the first news, guys, is actually about central bank digital currency. Now, in this event that takes place on the 27th of July, I'll definitely go ahead and give out more information regarding Swiss National Bank central bank digital currency. So the first news, guys, today is an event that I'm conducting on the 27th of July. And the event is called a Central Bank Digital Currency, The Basics, Threats to Freedom and its Role in the Metaverse. And the session gas is completely free of cost. And the session gas kickstarts at 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Gulf Standard Time. And in order to register for it, guys, the link is in the show notes below. Or alternatively, you can also go to eventguide.com and just check for Blockchain DXP. Now, essentially, guys, the session is broken down into three parts. Now, in part A, you look at what is Central Bank Digital Currency. You look at the history of central bank digital currency, how did central bank digital currency actually start, and more importantly, guys, we will actually look at how will central bank digital currency work, what is the current state of central bank digital currencies, and the different countries currently studying and working on central bank digital currency. And as I covered earlier today, guys, regarding Switzerland National Bank, they are getting into central bank digital currency as well, so we'll definitely go and look at that too. And more importantly, guys, we will also look at what happened when El Salvador adopted Bitcoin as a legal tender. We will very briefly touch base on the price of Bitcoin and what happened to the global cryptocurrency market. And more importantly guys, what was the reaction on IMF and what kind of an approach did they take on central bank digital currency. And regarding UAE guys, we will also look at when will UAE launch its central bank digital currency. Now in part B guys, we will look at central bank digital currency versus Bitcoin. And what I'll do is I'll also make a quick comparison between Bitcoin and central bank digital currencies. And to be honest, guys, a lot of people truly don't understand the importance and the power of Bitcoin. So we'll definitely go ahead and look at that. We'll also look at if CBDCs are a threat to freedom. Now, mind you, guys, there are different ways that can be implemented where essentially the block producing will be done by the bank. But so far as the issuance, management and the supply of money is concerned, it can be done by the central bank. 
and that way cars we can also take care of privacy but we'll definitely go ahead and explore that we will also look at the political implications regarding central bank digital currencies and what side of the politics support and what side of the politics are resistant to central bank digital currencies now at the outset guys left wing ideologies and left wing politicians are definitely in favor of central bank digital currencies and left wing ideologies and left wing politicians definitely do not like bitcoin definitely do not like open source definitely do not like freedom of speech as well and they are definitely against innovation right wing ideologies and right wing politicians on the other hand they definitely like bitcoin they definitely in favor of open source definitely in favor of blockchain and definitely in favor of freedom of speech as well so we'll definitely touch base on the political implications on central bank digital currency and guys we'll also discuss china's role in central bank digital currency and look guys china is a massive advocate of central bank digital currency and to be honest they judge by the leader by a long shot so far central bank digital currency is concerned and we'll very briefly touch base on the different types of cbdc's so essentially guys there are three different types of cbdc's one is the wholesale cbdc's essentially these are central bank digital currencies which are more catered to financial institutions for settlement layer networks for payment service providers and for banking industries and the next one that we have is the retail cbdc the retail cbdc is meant for daily purchases for average consumers and customers so let's say if you have a retail cbdc you can go to a grocery store and maybe go and purchase those things and finally guys we have multiple cbdc's the multiple cbdc's as the word indicates discusses multiple central bank digital currencies which means that transactions with different countries in different regions and uae cars is a part of a multiple central bank digital currency project as well so we'll definitely go ahead and look at that but mind you guys one thing to remember is when we talk about bitcoin bitcoin does all of these three things that is it takes care of wholesale cbdc retail cbdc multiple cbdc and if you were to compare bitcoin in basic terms that is time cost and quality bitcoin is definitely cheaper it definitely saves a lot of time and so far as quality is concerned guys all transactions are completely verifiable which means anyone can do these transactions so bitcoin is definitely upper hand not just on retail cbdc but also on wholesale cbdc and multiple cbdc as well so we'll definitely look at that and guys finally we'll also talk about central bank digital currency's role in the metaverse now this to be honest guys as much as i like cryptocurrencies and bitcoin unfortunately when it comes to metaverse i do feel that central bank digital currencies will be an ideal fit in the metaverse as opposed to let's say cryptocurrencies so in that particular session i'll definitely go ahead and share my thoughts and opinions on that and finally guys in part c i'm going to be discussing ue central bank's role and they've also released a fit program and essentially they have few areas where ue central bank is aggressively working on central bank digital currency so we'll definitely have an in-depth discussion on that and guys listen what i do want to do is in uae i do want to speak to someone from the central bank of uae and maybe release maybe 10 to 12 episodes once again explaining what central bank digital currencies are at a basic beginner level at an advanced level and at a technical level as well so if you know someone who's working in the central bank definitely hit me up now guys let's discuss the second news from the day and that is regarding Abu Dhabi's Adnoc artificial intelligence firm G42 and they plan to have an IP of technology joint venture that is AIQ so let me very briefly run through what that news is all about because Abu Dhabi National Oil Company also calls Adnoc and AIG42 firm are considering an IP for the joint venture technology company called AIQ and AIQ cars is 60% owned by Adnoc 
and 40% owned by G42, and it utilizes artificial intelligence and machine learning to optimize processes in the oil and gas industry. And the sources reveal that discussions are ongoing about a possible IPO at the end of the year, but the decision about whether it will be an international or domestic offering is still under consideration. And the source for this newscast is via Reuters. And what Reuters did actually mention is that Yusuf Salam, a veteran investment banker, has been hired as AIQ's chief financial officer. And listen to this, guys. Adnokwit supplies 3% of global oil demand, declined to comment on this matter. Now listen, guys, if they do have an IPO, it'll be an absolutely, absolutely massive deal. And G42 Gas is backed by Abu Dhabi state-funded Mobala Investment Company. And AIQ and Salem did not respond immediately to the request for the comment either. And the shares of artificial intelligence firms have contributed to the equity rally in the U.S. market, following Microsoft's multi-billion-dollar investment in OpenAI, which is the owner of ChatGPT. And as you know, Gas G42 is part of Sheikh Tanun's Bin Zayed Al Nayan's business empire. And Sheikh Tanun also serves as UAE's national security advisor and has been involved in foreign policy matters as well. And so far as I remember, Gas, Adnok has previously listed units in 2017 and it recently listed its gas business through an IPO, raising $2.5 billion, making it the world's largest IPO. Now, mind you, Gas, the matter has not been officially announced and the sources have requested to remain anonymous and AIQ Gas aims to improve planning and increase profitability for Adnok and the broader oil and gas industry. Now, the reason why I wanted to cover this newscast because lately there's a lot of news regarding artificial intelligence and this potential IPO reflects the growing interest of artificial intelligence and technology companies in the market and the decision on positioning the deal as in international transactions or targeting domestic investors is being considered by the owners. Yusuf Salam brings significant experience from his previous positions for Morrison Company where he worked for five years until 2021 and later served as an external senior advisor to the bank. And Adnock's IPO have attracted significant attention in the past, and the potential IPO of AIQ is expected to generate interest as well. And the IPO market has been active, and AIQ's potential offering adds to the momentum in the market. And the participation of Abu Dhabi State Fund, that is Mabadala Investment Company in G42, further strengthens the potential of AIQ's IPO. But guys, listen, no official comments or responses have been provided by Adnock. G42, AIQ or Yusuf Islam regarding this matter. Now could this turn out to be fake news? I wouldn't be surprised guys because mainstream media does often provide misleading and incorrect information but looking at the nature and the context of this news, if this news does actually happen, I do feel it will be absolutely positive and great for United Arab Emirates. So that's all for today guys on the Crypto and Coffee Beat from Blockchain DXP. In case if you have any feedback or suggestions, drop me an email to unfedblockchaindxp.com Check out my website www.blockchaindxp.com and also check out my other website area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5 star rating and share the word across. Now for the next few minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. So let's kick start with the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. I have a question by Nathan who asks Do you think Bitcoin maximalists hate CDBC? The answer to that, Nathan, is 100% yes, because you need to understand why was Bitcoin created, Nathan. 
Bitcoin was created so that transactions happen peer-to-peer. -peer. And I often say the definition of Bitcoin, the proper definition, Nathan, of Bitcoin is Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. So if you look at the definition of it, I wouldn't be surprised actually if Bitcoin maximalists do not hate CBDC. So yes, Bitcoin maximalists definitely should hate CBDC. Not only Bitcoin maximalists, I think even Ethereum maximalists or if you're an advocate of cryptocurrencies in general, I don't think you should be liking central bank digital currency because what happens is when you have a central bank digital currency, as the word indicates central, it just means that there is a central entity involved between two parties and that is exactly why Bitcoin was created so that there is no central person required. But one thing you need to remember, Nathan, a lot of news is surrounding Lightning Network, not blockchain. So a lot of Bitcoin maximalists are definitely focusing on Lightning Network as well. Now that thing being said, Nathan, you also need to understand that Bitcoin currently does not solve banking the unbanking problem. Like rather central bank digital currencies are centralized in nature, but they do solve banking the unbanked problem. Now you can argue and you can state that you know people in Africa and Zimbabwe can also own a Bitcoin, but to be honest, these are just marketing and gimmick tools. Imagine someone in Zimbabwe, or let's see in Africa, they can definitely have a Bitcoin wallet, but can they actually go out and use it? And if you actually look at the number of usage of people in Zimbabwe and other countries, it is absolutely ridiculous. And with this whole notion of Bitcoin being the biggest global wealth redistribution, unfortunately, people in the first world countries have been benefited the most. Look at the number of millionaires and billionaires because of Bitcoin. And sadly, it is only in the first world countries. Countries like, let's say, US, UK, I might even say UAE because there are a lot of filthy rich people over here. But to answer your question, yes, Bitcoin maximalists should actually hate CBDCs. Now, that thing being said, you know, Nathan, and something which I'll very briefly touch base upon, that's not to say that CBDCs are bad. CBDCs do actually solve the unbanking problem. And if you were to, let's say, compare it with cryptocurrencies in general, they solve a lot of the user experience as well. And one thing which I've mentioned several times, not just in my Crypto and Coffee Day podcast, but also in my Metaverse Everything podcast, guys, is listen, in order for people to switch from current existing systems, the new system has to be 10 times better. And I'm talking about the user experience. Now, granted, Bitcoin does offer a 10x, maybe a 25 times better experience in comparison, let's say, to the banking industry. But if you look at it, the user experience, central bank digital currencies will be able to offer customer support. They will be able to offer chargebacks. They will be able to offer insurance, which unfortunately is lacking in the cryptocurrency space. But yes, the answer is Bitcoin maximalists should hate CBDCs, but that doesn't mean CBDCs will not go through. CBDCs will definitely be part of a daily life. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes mainstream, let's say three to five years down the line, and hopefully by 10 years down the line, we'll be talking a lot about CBDCs. And at that point of time, it also merges with Metaverse. So it's going to be really interesting to see where Bitcoin actually fits into this. Now, so far as Metaverse is concerned, what I'd really like to see, Nathan, is some project or protocol that uses Lightning Network in the Metaverse. Because when you talk about Metaverse, unfortunately, I don't see any areas where cryptocurrency or blockchain technology merges as of yet. But over time, keeping in mind the blockchain trilemma problem, I do feel that there should be some new blockchain protocols or some new form of cryptography that actually matches with the demands of Metaverse. Because you need to understand the number of people logging in, the number of people logging out, the insane number of transactions and quite a lot of other, which unfortunately, I hate to say it, Nathan, the central bank digital currencies do have the bandwidth to go and manage that. And there are also ways 
the central bank digital currencies can offer 100% privacy as well. So when we talk about zero knowledge proof, here also talks about central bank digital currencies implementing zero knowledge proof. And one of the biggest challenges so far zero knowledge proof is, is essentially the cost associated with it. But listen to this, what a central bank can do is they can just delete the cost associated with managing zero knowledge proof onto the system. And that's it, they can just delete it from the system. And regarding inflation also, what they can do is whenever they see excess of funds, they can take it off completely. What they can do is they can have the excess funds or retail CBDC or wholesale CBDC to a public address that does not have a private key. And you can do that for confiscated CBDCs as well. So in the session, Nathan, that I'm having on the 27th of July, I'll definitely record and give out in-depth information regarding that. But to answer your question, Nathan, yes, Bitcoin maximalists or even advocates of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, I believe, should be hating CBDCs. So that's all for today, guys. And the Ask Me Anything series on blockchain DXB. In case if you have any feedback or suggestions, drop me an email to info.blockchaindxb.com. Check out my website, www.blockchaindxb.com. And also check out my website, area2071.com, that talks everything about metaverse. And guys, if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5-star rating and share the word across. And guys, remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. And how this series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee Date works is we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact on the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE, and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. And what you listen to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a nice one. Bye bye.